Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our senior pastor, Neil Haney. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. What I want to do is I want to pray for us the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians church. And I'm going to pray it slowly and I want you to to begin to, um, uh, to, to, to really pay attention to what God is speaking to you, even in this prayer. This is an, a very anointed biblical prayer that I want to pray over us, and uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. <clears throat> so let's pray. Glorious Father, give us your people, your spiritual wisdom and revelation so that we can grow to know you and the Lord Jesus Christ more fully. We pray that our hearts would be flooded with light this morning so that we can understand the confident hope Christ has given to us. And man, we're going to leave this morning with confident hope. He's given to us his holy people, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Hear that. We are his rich and glorious inheritance. He is our inheritance, and we are his inheritance. Father, creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you would empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will make our hearts more and more your home and throne as we trust in you. You're already there, Lord, but I, want, I, want, I just want us to be more at home with you at home in us. And that's my prayer. I pray that our roots will grow down deep into your love. And the sure foundation of your love would keep us strong. And may you give us the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep your love is. And may we experience the love of Christ fully. And may we be filled completely with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. That's a powerful prayer, guys. And that's what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And that's what, and that's what I'm praying for you this morning. I'm so excited about this new series. Dennis introduced it last week, and I'm not gonna try to summarize the message. It was so powerful. If you didn't hear it, or even if you did, please go back and listen to it online. Uh, it was so powerful. It was, so, it, was a, it was a foundational kind of introduction to uh, the, the series that we're calling The Heart of the New Covenant. And so this morning, I'm, I'm, for sake of time, and, and just I just want to move into the text and, and, and into the sermon without a lot of, a lot of introduction, but... I just want to say this, God has an eternal purpose. God has an eternal purpose. And listen to me clearly, I didn't say purposes. He has one purpose. And that purpose is to spend all of eternity with you and me. And so the title of my message this morning is We're God's Focus. Now, that may, that may seem a little bit like, whoa, you know, 
Neil, uh, are, are you sure that's it? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that, that we are God's focus. And I'm going to set out to prove that this morning in, in this message on the first 14 verses of Ephesians 1 as we open this series. And I want to show you where that starts because in Jeremiah chapter 31, under the Old Covenant, Jeremiah is a prophet of Israel, a prophet of Judah, and, and Jeremiah is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He lays out for us the New Covenant in like four or five verses. No one had ever heard of the New Covenant until Jeremiah said this stuff. But I want to read this to you. Uh, so let's, let's look. I think we have it here. Jeremiah 31, beginning with verse 31. Jeremiah says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with, them, with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to, to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, the old covenant. Though I was a husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. Now listen to this. There's three things here. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. That's the first thing. He's going to, instead of, you know, the finger of God wrote the, the law on the tablets of stone on the mountain when Moses was before God in, on Mount Sinai. In the book of Exodus, you can read about that. The finger of God is the Holy Spirit. God was going to send the Holy Spirit, the finger of God, to live inside of us and write his, his plans and purposes and his law of love on our hearts so that we wouldn't have some external code that we would have to live up to and perform on our own, but the Spirit of God would be inside of us, not only to write the stuff there, the, the law there, but to, to actually live it out through us. But the second part is, is the key. This is the heart of the new covenant. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's the heart. That's the heart of the new covenant. And then he kind of adds at the end, and I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah. That is awesome. No yearly sacrifices. No killing of animals. That's all over with in the new covenant. The blood of Jesus has accomplished it all. And so God is not sin-focused, guys. So much of the church, so much of, of churchianity in the, in, in, the, in the West focuses on sin and the problem of sin and, and you know, what Jesus did to deal with our sin and his sacrifice for our sin and how we need to stop sinning and, and how you know, if, if, if we're good Christians, we'll, we'll clean ourselves up and we'll We'll, we'll finally overcome sin, 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 sin. God is not sin, a sin-focused God. God is not an angry God. He was never an angry God, upset with us until Jesus had come down here and somehow fix us so that he could like us again. That, that is heresy in the mind and heart of God. He's not a sin-focused God. He's an us-focused God. So the, the Bible is not primarily about a problem to be fixed. 
It's about a purpose to be fulfilled. God's eternal purpose. And in Christ, I'm going to tell you this morning, that purpose has been fulfilled. God the Father has appointed his son to step into time and space and to work out the Father's eternal purpose. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul says that this has happened. Christ has come. The son has come. The plan has been worked out. His work is finished. It is finished. We are in eternal covenant with the living God. We are his people. So I want to read the, the first 14 verses of Ephesians. I want us to, to listen very closely. I'm going to read this somewhat slowly. And then I'm going to go back and show us, kind of, kind of, kind of like a, a lawyer laying out his case to prove that we're the focus of God, okay? Paul, an apostle of, of Christ Jesus by the will of God, last week, Dennis did a great job explaining how Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. How he went from being a Pharisee, a prideful, law-keeping Pharisee, to this wonderful apostle that, that had met Christ and had the, had the covenant, the new covenant and the, the gospel of grace downloaded to him and became our apostle, the Gentiles, the hated Gentiles. To the saints, to the holy ones who are in Ephesus, to the holy ones who are sitting before me this morning, to those who have faith in Christ, that's what that really means, that are faithful in Christ Jesus. It really could be translated to those who have faith in Christ because that's what qualifies you to be in him and, and to be holy and righteous. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here goes. Paul is, what I'm about to share with you, Paul is, he's so excited that he can't wait to get to this. He's like a, a racehorse that burst out of the stall, and within three strides, he's, he's full speed, full speed ahead. He's just so excited to share this great news with us. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through, Christ, through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, in the beloved, in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all spiritual wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. In him we have, we have obtained an inheritance, <laughs> having been predestined according to the purpose of God the Father who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now I'm going to go back and, and talk about several things that have to do with those verses. I will not return to verses 12 through 14, so listen very carefully. This is really important. Okay, I'm, I, won't, I won't speak about this again, but I want you to get it as, we, as, we, as I read these three verses. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ 
might be to the praise of his glory. He's talking about the Jewish apostles. Okay. In him, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So you have received, when you put your faith in Christ, you received the promised Holy Spirit. You're sealed. It's a done deal. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance that is the fullness of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it? And I'm going to read about that too in a moment. To the praise of his glory. Man, wow. (laughs) There is so much here, guys. There is so much here. But my main focus this morning is to talk about that you and I are God's focus. His eyes are fixed on you, and he is not angry. A few weeks ago, Dennis talked about when Vika was little, his, his daughter was little. She's, what, seven now? Yeah. When she was pretty much a baby, he remembers the time that he held her, and he really remembered looking at her and just seeing her, her face and her features. And she couldn't talk. She couldn't really interact much. She could just look back at him. And the joy that he felt. I mean, he was just giddy over that. And I remember a moment when I held Wes on my lap. He was just a few months old. And, and I was sitting in our living room when we lived on North Limestone. And I was holding him just on my lap and just looking into his eyes. I'll never forget that moment. I just absolutely adored him. I just felt like I could swallow him whole. You know what I'm talking about. That's not weird, is it? I just, it was just like, I can't get close enough. I just, I just adored him. I'm sure I had a similar situation with Lindsay, but I just remembered that moment. <laughs> That's why Wes is here and she's in England, I guess. I don't know, you know. But I, no, seriously, let's go back. Okay, let's go back to that. But, but I just remember looking at him and I could, I was about, my heart was about to explode with love. And he couldn't even talk. He hadn't done anything to help with chores, you know. All he did was eat, pee, poop, and, you know, cry. It, it, you know. But there was just this love. And guys, I'm telling you, that's how God looks at us. There's no, come on, get to work, you know, get busy, earn your keep. There's none of that with God. And he's not upset with our sin. He's dealt with that. In, the, in, in all of eternity, and then, you know, the, this train called time and space that's running through God's eternity, there's a little bleep in there, of sin, and they dealt with it, and, he's, and it's on with the business of being his kids and him being our father. I, I just want you to notice something. As, as I read through that text, I should have said it before I, I read it, but 20 plus times... In this 14 verses, and especially verses 3 through, through uh, 14, he says the words, us, we, our, you, and your, over 20 times in 11 verses. <laughs> I mean, yes, the Lord Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be here without him and what he's done for us. We wouldn't be holy and blameless in the sight of God before him without what Christ has done for us. You know, there's no question about that. But 
But the Father's not focused on our sin. And, oh, and, and, and you know, we talk about, I love the fact that it says, uh, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And then in the very next verse, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Father and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means that we're in the family. He's our brother, our older brother, but, but we're in the family. God's intention from all eternity was to give us himself and all that he is. I want to prove that here. Grace, which means God's eternal favor, it has nothing to do with sin in this context, in, this, in verse, three, or verse 2. Grace, God's eternal favor on you, and peace, God's wholeness and blessing in every facet of your life. That's, what, that's the blessing that Paul starts out with. God's eternal favor on you, God's blessing and wholeness in every area and every facet of your life. That's it right there. What a God we have. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What does that mean? It means that everything that God is and everything that God has has already been bestowed on us. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. We won't see the fullness of that until later. <laughs> but guys, it starts here and it starts now. Now, does that mean that we'll never have disease? That, does that mean that we'll never have, have physical problems, financial problems, you know, even some f- fatal diseases? I mean, we got to get to heaven somehow, you know. But that's, that's the fullness of our inheritance. But, you know, okay. But guys, he has not withheld anything from us. And it starts right here, right now. So, he chose us. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Don't shrink back about that. Because that, that, that is not something that we need to be like, ooh, you know. Um, holy and blameless. I, I just want to challenge you with something this morning. Do not look at yourself. Do not look at your feelings. Do, do not look at your behavior uh, that's sometimes inconsistent with who you are and determine whether you're holy and blameless. The God of the universe has declared you holy and blameless because his son has come down here and wrapped himself in our brokenness and our fallenness, and he has, he has undone that. He has made us in himself holy and blameless, and when we put our faith in him, then we are holy and righteous. And the, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says that, that in Christ, he... God has put us in Christ, and he is wisdom from God, our holiness, righteousness, and redemption. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that is a finished, done thing. It's it's done. And so holy and blameless simply means that the Son has come and done whatever was wrong with us and made it right, take whatever's wrong with us in himself and made it right. And now 
He, is, he has prepared us to spend eternity in God's presence. And God is adoring us now like, like uh, Dennis did Vika, like I did Wesley. That, that, that adoration is there already for you and me. He is not angry. He is not upset. He is not looking at you with the stink eye, as I, I used to call it. He, he is, you know what I mean by that, right? You know, he's not looking at you that way. I, I love this before him. It says, so, so let me put it in context, that we should be home. So he chose us. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. That's, he's known us for eternity. Everything that's been created has just been a context to bring you and me into existence so he can have us and be with us. And we are permanently now holy and blameless, fit for his presence before him. Let, let, me, let me explain what that means, before him. It's immediate presence and closest proximity. God has brought us into his presence. We, see, we can't see this with our physical eyes. I wish we could, but that's where faith comes in. And guys, I'm asking you to believe what I'm saying this morning and please do not yes but the sermon. You know what I'm saying. Listen, when I first read this and started understanding this, the yes but alarm went off in my head. Yes, but what about my sin? Yes, but what about my struggles? Yes, but what about when I, when I do this and I don't do that? Yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. And I would just disqualify myself from, from being loved by God and adored by him like this passage is talking about. But we were chosen in him and predestined in him before the foundations of the universe were laid. And so do not yes but this. Because that is just unfaith. It's, it's just, it, just, it, it negates the powerful truth of the word of God. God speaking to you about who you are. Before him means closest proximity. It's like a baby with its mother. It's like a bride with his groom. That's closeness, guys. But it's even deeper than that. Because Jesus says, I and you and you and me. You can't get closer than that. And that's already been accomplished. When we put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he, the Spirit, the Father, come and make their home in us. If you don't believe it, read John 14. He lives in you and you live in him. You can't get closer than that, guys. Aren't they cute? So, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. I want to say something about this thing, adoption. That when he predestined us to be adopted, that doesn't mean that at one point we weren't his and now we are. But the word adoption there is a powerful word. First of all, in that culture, when you were adopted... You were special. You got all, you know, you got all the inheritance of the, of the, uh, of the natural-born child. And you were protected under certain laws. You could never be unadopted <laughs> in that culture. But here's something else. When, my, when, my, when, when Wes and, and, and Lindsay, in 2015, they, they uh, had both applied to YWAM Youth with a Mission... And they were about to leave 
uh, in September. They left within a week of each other. Lindsay to go to <clears throat> Ireland and West to go to Australia where he met Lily, his wife, and uh, brought her back to the States and the rest is history. But they were about to leave in September to go to uh, YWAM for six months. And they had never been away from me. I mean, they grew up in my home. Uh, they, 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 you know, except for spend a night party at some house, they're pretty much always at home. And, uh, and now I was about to lose them for six months, at least six months. Wes actually stayed away longer than that because he stopped and met Lily's parents on the way home in Germany. But, um, but I was feeling the, you know, separation anxiety setting in before they left and so there's some things I wanted to say to them before they left. And, and uh, guys, I know that I'm talking to a group of people where there have been people who were adopted. They didn't grow up with their birth parents. Uh, or you lived in a, 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 you know, an orphanage or a, a group home. Or you, were a, um, you, know, you, you grew up in a situation that, that wasn't with your birth parents. So I don't want this to be hurtful to any of you because of what I'm going to say. So hang on until I finish. Don't, don't get hurt before I finish. But as we were driving, we were going to Young's, Young's Dairy to get ice cream. I think this was in August, and we were heading down 68. And I just turned to them, and Wes was driving, Lindsay was in the back seat. And I just turned, and I said, guys, I just want you to know something. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this before. I said, but neither one of you were an accident. You know, there, there are, my dad was an oops, you know, my, my, my grandparents had him, my, my, his older siblings were eight and ten years older than him, and they really didn't intend to have more than two kids, and then my dad came along. I'm very thankful that he came along, you know, that was a good oops for me. But anyway, I said, mom and I married kind of late, I was 33 and she was 28 when we got married. And I said, we, we had decided that we needed two years to kind of get to know each other and work out the, you know, the kinks, you know, and, and, and really uh, kind of get established in our relationship before we would have children. So that would put me at 35. And that's what we did. But as soon as that two-year mark approached, we decided that it was time to conceive and have children. And 10 months later, Wes was born. And three years later, Lindsay was born. We had our boy. We had our girl. We were done. And we wanted two children. And we wanted one of each. And God blessed us with that. But I said, I just want you to know that you were wanted. You were planned. You were in our desire and design in our marriage. We wanted a family. And we wanted both of you desperately. And so you're, you're, you're not here by mistake. You're here because we wanted you. And Wes said something I'll, I'll never forget. Without missing a beat, he said, Dad, I wish every kid could hear that from their parents. I wish every kid could hear that from their parents. Well, I want to tell you something right now. What Paul is saying is that you are chosen. And you were adopted by the predetermined, predestined will of the Father. His good and pleasurable and perfect will. And you are not here by mistake. Just like we planned for Wes and, and Lindsay, you are here because God knew you in eternity. I don't care how you got here. You are no mistake. 
And the Father's eyes are glued to you. (laughs) You're the focus of his will. And so it says, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. So, so the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us. Guys, the, the, Paul is stumbling over himself to express how delighted the Father was to send Jesus to make us holy and blameless before him so nothing could interfere with his relationship with us. He has planned for all eternity to spend eternity with you and me. And so he has lavished, lavished that word, it can't be overstated. It's a, it's a word that cannot be, uh, you know, over um, explained. Like, like, like lavish just means to just pour out in, in ridiculous abundance, like wasteful abundance. And his grace that he's lavished on us, it says in, in John 1 that, that, uh, that the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And from him we have all received Grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. I mean, that's literally what John meant. Just keep going. It's like the the waves of the seashore hitting the shore. Wave after wave after wave. If you go to Florida, if you go to to Malibu, if you go to uh, Myrtle Beach, and you go to to, to the shore, they never stop. They just keep coming, wave after wave after wave. And so every time you write a little line of sin in the sand, that wave is there. It's, it's, it just, I mean, it's, there is nothing that's going to stop that grace from coming. He's just lavished it on us. And it was no mistake. He's that goofy in love with us. Just grace upon grace upon grace. He's so in love with us that he sent his son to bleed and die for us. Wrap himself in our brokenness, our wrongness, our sin, and be put on a tree, the innocent son of God, because he loves us that much. And you know he planned that before the universe was made. It says that in 1 Peter 1. It says that again in, in uh, Revelation 13, verse 8, that, he, that the, lamb was, the lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the universe were laid. It says that. So we were planned and chosen and predestined for adoption, and so was our redemption. He had already taken care of it before we were ever even born. That's how much he loves us. Verse 8 says, he's lavished this upon us. Now, I want, you, I want to point out something here. He says that he has blessed us in the heavenlies with every spiritual blessing. In him we have, which means we possess. We possess. It's a stronger word than have. We possess our redemption through his blood. He has lavished his grace on us. He has made known the mystery of his will. We have attained an inheritance. 
We have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works out all things according to the counsel of his will. All of those words are past tense. You understand this is a done deal. It's been accomplished. Yes, here and now. His grace has been lavished on us here and now. There's nothing left to do except to just enjoy life in his presence now and enjoy the inheritance that we're expecting in the future. Guys, you know, this is not about enduring this life so we can have pie in the sky by and by. That's not what Paul was talking about here. He is celebrating our redemption, our relationship with God, and his, God's eternal purpose. God's eternal purpose is to spend that uh, eternity with us. I want to I show you the, the, the end of the book here. I want to look at Revelation 21. And we'll read just, just four verses here. This is after the judgment, the great white throne judgment. This is after the, enemy of God, the enemies of God have been thrown into the lake of fire. This is at the culmination of the age. This is, this is the new day, the first day of the new day for, of the rest of eternity in our inheritance. Listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Verse 2, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Now listen to this. This is it. This is what God has, has created us for in eternity past, to spend eternity future right here. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. That's all he wants. That's his sole purpose. Guys, I want to say this really quickly. God didn't need us. God had everything he wanted or needed in the Trinity. Living in this incredible relationship of Father and Son and Spirit in, in, in adoration and love. He didn't need us. But love always wants to pour out on someone else. And guys, here's the glorious thing about this. We can never be God. Okay, we can't be the source of life and love and all those things. But God has created us to bring us into his family so that we can enjoy what the Father, the Son, and the Spirit had, in, had enjoyed for eternity past. But we are brought into that circle of love, into that communion and community, and he wants to give us nothing less than his life and his love and his presence and everything he is and everything that he has. And listen to what he's going to give us. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be grieving or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The former things, as my wife says, the spoilers of this life. Can you imagine a new earth, a, a city that's finally completed? Huge city, by the way. According to the cubits in, in Revelation, it's the, size, the city is the size of the United States, and we're really the city. But there is this beautiful place that we will gather for feast and 
worship and all this. But then there's this new earth. And all the spoilers are gone. All the death and decay and, and anything that could mess things up, that would cause us grief and pain, it's all gone. Okay? It's all gone. And I'm just going to read this one. He said... He, he, he who was seated on the throne, seated on the throne, said, "Behold, I am making all things new. Everything that was destroyed in the fall is going to be made new, and we get new bodies." Hallelujah, man! I'm sixty. I'll be sixty-five my birthday. I cannot wait for that new body. Yeah, guys, I want to end with this. This is a summary from. Uh, this book by Baxter Kruger, I would highly recommend that you get this book. It's called God is for Us. Uh, the first chapter is worth the price of the book, and I plan to read this every day for the next year. But I want to read this, this summary paragraph about what I've just read to you, and then we'll, we'll worship. What Paul is telling us is that the Father's eternal purpose is now an accomplished fact. Right here, right now. He is telling us that Jesus Christ is the act of the Father by which we were cleansed, embraced, and tailor-made for the Father's presence, holy and blameless, already. He is telling us this. This is a real truth about us. We have been accepted by God, the Father Almighty, in Christ Jesus. We have been reunited with the Father and all that he is and has in Christ Jesus. Paul is declaring to us that it is not our job to make ourselves right with God. Do you hear that? You can let go of your religious activities. It is not our responsibility to forge for ourselves a foothold in God's existence and fullness. We've been invited into that through Christ. It is not our task to work our way into the blessed circle of God's acceptance. You are accepted in the beloved. The Father has charged Christ Jesus with this work and anointed him with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has done it. It is finished. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.